0: The reading today is from Acts 13, 13 to 15, and 42 to 52, and it's on page 1045 in the Church Bible. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Persia in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Persia, they went to the Sidian Antioch, Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders in the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you had a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue. The people, as Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first, but since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honoured the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust from off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.
1: So, uh, just before I start talking, uh, I'll pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you speak through me now, Lord. I pray that you send your Holy Spirit to guide me into what to say. Help me to glorify you through my words. Help us all to leave here today of a fresh understanding of your love for us. I pray this in your name. Amen. So I was giving uh, the title of today's sermon, which was Fruits and Challenges. And so I was looking at that title, and then I was looking at the passage today, and I must admit I had a bit of trouble at first. Maybe I was tired, or maybe I wasn't concentrating enough, but I just couldn't put the two together. Until finally God uh, spoke to me, and almost made the scales come off my eyes uh, and gave me an idea of how today's talk is going to go. And I realized that God was showing me that the fruits and challenges are in sharing the gospel. So Paul and Barnabas were sitting in the, down in the synagogue. And all of a sudden, the leaders turned to him, turned to Paul and said, please share something encouraging with us. Now, I imagine Paul's face must have lit up when he was asked this. I mean, what an opportunity he was given on the Sabbath in front of all these Jewish leaders, these Gentiles, to come and speak about the Lord and all that he's done. So, as you saw, we had like a gap between the first section of Word and then the second section. The bit in between is basically Paul uh, preaching about the history of Israel all that, and all that God's done for Israel and all the people. And he, he ends that sermon with the gospel He talks about the good news of Jesus, that Jesus being the son of God and he rose from the dead. It is pretty much the quintessential sermon on the gospel. And the fruits of this message were that they were asked to come back again the next week, which must have been a great encouragement to Paul and Barnabas. If I'm preaching somewhere and they ask me to come back the next week, I will take that as an encouragement myself. (laughs) Um, But the challenges were also there. The Jewish leaders that were there were filled with jealousy towards Paul and Barnabas, and began to undermine and really hassle them. And maybe you too can relate to a time where you finally got the chance to share the gospel, you've been working on that person for a long time, you finally get the opportunity to speak to them about God and Jesus, but then someone or something comes along and basically becomes a roadblock, gets in the way, makes it more difficult, and really hassles you and gets under your skin. Uh, I can certainly think of a few times when that's happened. But Paul and Barnabas' reaction to this is one that we can really learn from. It says that Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, emphasis on the boldly. And I can imagine, well, I can only imagine how scary that must have been. I mean, I get nervous coming up to speak here in front of lots of Christians. I can only imagine how terrifying it must have been to be in front of all these Jewish leaders, all these Gentiles, who are just the Jewish leaders who were there to pounce on any mistake that they made, any words that they tripped over, anything that they said they didn't agree with that they can pounce and make uh, a display of them being mistakes and making fun of them. And just on a side note, um, when I thought of this persecution that they faced there, uh, the last two days I've been uh, with open doors uh, and be slowly becoming an advocate for them. And I've heard some how Christians face uh, extreme persecution. Um, maybe um, not as um, what's the word, verbal... As Paul and Barnabas faced. But there's some Christians around the world who will be thrown in prison or killed just for sharing the gospel with people. Uh, and I wonder, I was sitting there wondering, how on earth uh, can these people do this in this extreme uh, persecution? How can these people uh, act and share the gospel if I can't even do it um, to my neighbor or to my friend? But like Paul and Barnabas, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So Paul and Barnabas when they were nowhere challenged by these Jewish leaders for the first time, they did not cower, they did not back down, and they certainly did not stay silent. They turned to the Jewish leaders and in a fairly sassy way said to them, we've done our best to speak to you, but you wouldn't listen, and now we turn our attention to the people who you think aren't worthy to receive it. And that was a really powerful statement, which caused two very different reactions. The first reaction was that of the Gentiles, and I'll speak a bit more about them later. was that the Jewish leaders must have seen red after that. And they, as you can see, they stirred the pot, they got powerful people to persecute the pair of them and drive them out. And I've been growing up with the idea of never backing away from a challenge. So I was expecting Paul and Barnabas to stay there, stand their ground, and to almost counteract the Jewish leaders and not give up and walk away. But actually, what happened is that Paul and Barnabas, as it says, shake the dust off their feet and move on, almost washing their hands for the situation. Which, if you look through the Gospels, is actually something that Jesus taught the disciples to do. For example, in Mark 6, uh, verses 10 to 11, Jesus says to the disciples, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And to me, that's very challenging. The idea that if we're working hard on someone, if we've invested a lot of time and effort into someone and sharing the gospel with them, and then we have to walk away because they're not accepting it, or they're not just—you you just can't break through to them. That is very challenging. You know? I don't know how I could react in that situation. Um, if they just don't respond to it, um, it's very hard to walk away. To simply shake the dust off my feet and walk away from that situation would make me feel like a failure. It would be incredibly difficult, and it would something that would challenge me. But, um, as Jesus says, we can take comfort and freedom in knowing that Jesus has told us it is okay to walk away. If something is not going well, if something is taking up our time and effort, if something is damaging uh, our relationship with God, then it's okay to walk away from it and not feel like a failure. If the Holy Spirit tells us it's time, to move on and give that person into God's hands, then so be it. Who are we to argue with God's judgment? There are situations in our lives where God calls us to stand firm, proclaim the truth, and we need to wait patiently until we see the results of that. But there are other times when God gives us the freedom to move on. We figuratively shake the dust off our feet when under the direction of the Holy Spirit. We surrender those people to the Lord and emotionally let go of them which is definitely a challenging situation, and one that has to be prayerfully fought out. But we do have the freedom to move on to the next phase, phase of our ministry for the Lord. So Jesus' is, instruction to shake the dust off our feet reminds us that we are not only, that we are only responsible for our own obedience to God, not for the results of our obedience. So we looked at Paul and Barnabas. They were on their first missionary journey. And they had to put these words into practice. Antioch may, have not, may not have welcomed the gospel as they thought they would or they thought they should, but that didn't keep the message from spreading to different areas. Paul and Barnabas had done all they were sent to do, and the responsibility was now on the shoulders of those in Antioch. The apostles had proclaimed the truth boldly, some had accepted it eagerly, whilst others had rejected it violently. The apostles were not responsible for the Antiochians' level of acceptance but only for their own obedience to God. And that is a great challenge to us, to be bold and obedient to God in sharing the gospel. To be in life where you share something and it doesn't work, to move on from that, to not feel like a failure, to give that to God, to remember that we are only responsible for our own relationship to God. God is ultimately in control, and we need to give these situations to him and not think that we are in control of everything. Even though Paul and Barnabas were met with great challenges, there were still some great fruits to their mission. Take, for example, all the Gentiles in Antioch who had witnessed all of this. The first time Paul preached, it was incredibly amazing, judging by some of the more positive reactions. People begged them to come back the next week, and some were so impatient and so keen that they followed Paul and Barnabas to hear even more of what they had to say. And the very next week, when they did come back on the Sabbath, it says that the, almost the whole city turned up to hear them. It must have been something like a first-century Billy Graham crusade or a first-century Soul survivor. But unlo- unlike these modern evangelistic events, there was no social media, no radio, no TV, no advertising campaign. The reason that the massive crowd was there was due to only the people who had heard the first message and spread the message to family, f- family members, friends, neighbours and work colleagues. They all came to hear the gospel, the good news of Christ. But they all came because someone had told them. In this day and age, it's almost unheard of that so many people would come to an event simply because their Christian friend told them, without any advertising, without knowing what it was going to be like. And all the Gentiles that turned up got this incredible message that God loves them and wants to bring people. It says that the Gentiles were glad and honored by this, and they believed because they more than likely felt in our society, outcasts, cast aside by society. But then Paul and Barnabas come along and proclaim that God loves them. And then they, the word spread across the nation. I'm sure many more who weren't there uh, came to know Christ through the testimony of others. And it did get me thinking, of how am I sharing Jesus in my day-to-day life? Truthfully, I know I could be doing a lot more than what I currently do. And I'm hopefully, in the coming months, will. Being a foe of Fabian and a few others in the outreach as a church we are doing the the and Drive estate, um, which is great. We haven't had the chance to... Well, we've had chances in the summer to go out uh, and share testimony of YWAM, of Jesus, uh, to the young people there. Um, and we are really expectant of what God's doing there. And some doors are opening for us. Um, also, tomorrow, uh, I start my new job. Um, and I can definitely see that as an opportunity from God to uh, share people, to share Jesus to people, uh, and share with them uh, the love that God has for them, um, which is terrifying, but um, exciting. And again, as I was reading this verse, God highlighted to me, uh, am I reflecting Jesus into my day-to-day life? Not just telling people, but acting like Jesus. And it may sound crazy, but when I get onto a bus or walk through town, can people tell I'm a Christian? I mean, probably the tattoos on my arm give it away. Um, but to people who can't see it, uh, I want people to know that I'm a Christian through my actions, not just what I wear or, or what I've got on my arms. But I believe um, that, as it was said in the reading, the Lord has commanded us to be a light so that we may bring salvation to the end of the earth. So I'm throwing a challenge out there to myself and everyone here. Uh, are we lights in our day-to-day life? When I was on my gap year with Youth for Christ, uh, we had some training in a church in the middle of Birmingham. Uh, Afterwards, we went into the Birmingham city centre. And much like Canterbury, sadly, it has a a huge homeless uh, population, um, which obviously isn't great. And we were being taught on a topic very similar to this, about how we can be God's light and share the gospel with others. We were challenged to go out into the town centre and to bless someone. Uh, So I was walking through Birmingham, and I found this homeless man. He had a dog. uh, He seemed quite friendly, so I went to him. Uh, I asked him simply if I could buy him some food or bless him. Uh, Luckily, just down the road, there was a McDonald's, uh, so I put two and two together. He wanted a hot food. I wanted to maybe grab something as well. So I went to McDonald's, bought him some food. Uh, may not have been the healthiest, but it was a warm meal for him. And no, no point did I ever tell him I was a Christian. I simply just said I wanted to help him out. Um, I showed him love and compassion. And so when I gave him the food, he turned to me and said, are you a Christian? Out of nowhere. Uh, so I was shocked. Uh, I was not expecting that. I was expecting to do the awkward thing and be like, oh, I'm a Christian, do you know about God? Uh, but he started it for me. Um, and I was like, yes, how did you know? And his reply was amazing. Uh, I can never forget it and continues to this day to inspire me and encourage me. He said, because you had a light around you, most people walk past me and ignore me, or look straight through me as if I wasn't there. But you looked at me with compassion, as if I was actually a human." Now, my heart broke a little bit when I heard this, because I realized that in the past, there had been times when I had been one of those people, and walked past, uh, ignored uh, people begging on the streets, or people just lying there. Uh, I looked through them, you know, when I walked through Canterbury High Street, if I was busy, I would just pretend they're not there, and just walked straight past. And the moment I let go of that, the moment I actually did the brave thing and uh, actually looked at them and treated them with compassion, like Jesus would have done, um, God's light shone through me. And in the end, I end up praying for this man. Um, I just prayed that his life uh, would be in God's hands and that God would control it and bless him. Now, I don't know what happened to this man. I don't know if he's still there, whether he's still homeless or what, but I do know that God knows him. And as we sung about earlier, God um, has his name on his heart. And to this day, I still pray for him. uh, And I hope, and I know that God is blessing him in whatever form that may be. But on the topic um, that we were looking at, do our actions reflect Jesus? Do people look at us and think, "Wow, that person is exceptionally kind or selfless, or forgiving. Because I believe that if we are obedient to God in trying to be Christ-like in our actions, then the opportunities to tell people the amazing and incredible news of Jesus will arise. And some of you may think, I'm not well-educated enough. Uh, too o- I'm too old or too young. Uh, I'm not holy enough. Uh, I don't know my Bible off by heart. Um, I don't even own a Bible with me all the times. Um, and that's a lie, that I uh, else in Jesus' name, because God has called us uh, to share the good news. Everyone, anyone who's, who's believed and has encountered God or knows that God is real, they are called to share the good news. The old, the young, the inexperienced, the uneducated, uh, the uh, inexperienced male, female, um, vicars, non-vicars, whoever. If you love God and you know God, then you are qualified. You are qualified to share the good news of God, and you may also think to yourself, "What can I say to these people?" Well, sometimes it could be as easy as just sharing when you first encountered God. Why God? What's God done for you in your life? You don't necessarily have to give them a theological rundown of the story of Jesus and how it was um, prophesied in the Old Testament. I'm sure they don't even want to hear that. They want to know what you've encountered. They want to know what God is to you. And that's quite easy, um, I think, because you may not have an exceptional story. You may not have, like Paul or Saul, had a a light come down from heaven and, you know, scales went on your eyes. You may have simply grown up in a church. But if you love God, then you can tell them that, and they will see that in your expression, in your eyes, in your face. When you love God, you have a certain aspect about you you may also think, but who can I tell? Uh, and the simple answer is anyone. To go into depth, it can be colleagues from work, family members, lifelong friends, neighbours, bus driver, taxi drivers, the cashier at co-op, the postman, um, that random person in the street who you recognise, an old school friend that you haven't spoke to in years, anyone who comes into your life that you feel God is calling you to. And you can simply, uh, as you're at the cashier, ask them how their day has been, and then say, I'll be praying for you. It could be as easy as that. Um, and that could start the ball rolling in their life. Uh, and as you've seen today, some of you, when you do this, may face challenge and opposition, like Paul and Barnabas did. And again, you'll feel um, you've tried your hardest, but nothing's happening. But as we've seen, it's OK to walk off and shake your dust Shake the dust off your feet of that situation. God's not going to judge you if you feel that um, the Holy Spirit is telling you to move on. But the fruits of sharing the gospel, uh, in a way, I feel like I don't really need to explain. But when you see someone come to know Christ, to see their lives transformed, it is an incredibly joyous moment you can never forget. I remember when I first became a Christian, uh, and I couldn't shut up about it for the next few weeks because of what an amazing experience it is. And my friend uh, who invited me to church, uh, she was also incredibly happy. She was like a different person for a few weeks. Um, So when you experience that, uh, I don't know how many people here have been to Soul Survivor or one of these big events. When you see people go up to the front and give give their lives to God, uh, it's such an encouragement, such an inspiring thing. Um, And I think once you see it, you sort of get hunger for it, you get a taste for it. And you kind of want to see it all the time, every day. Um, But even in heaven, when it happens, it says in the Bible, there is a rejoicing and a celebration in heaven when it happens. So to bring this talk into land, the coming weeks or months, um, let's try and be like lights to the people around us, to be like Paul and Barnabas, to be bold in facing the challenges that we face. If people want to hurl abuse at us, if people want to challenge us, contradict us, let them, because our God can handle it. Uh, Nothing comes as a surprise to God. So if we're sharing the gospel and you get asked this incredibly weird question, it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know, but what I do know is that God loves you and God loves everyone. And he sent his son Jesus to die for us. It can be as easy as that. Uh, It sometimes feels like a a cop-out answer just to say Jesus to someone. But actually, it is the right answer. So let's be bold in facing these challenges, and let's take joy in the potential outcome that we may face, and let's be excited for the possibility of bringing God's kingdom here today. I'd just like to end with prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins and rise again. I pray that in the coming weeks, months, days, uh, years, whatever, Lord, that you help us to be lights for you, that you send people into our lives that you want us to share your good news and love with. Help us to be ready for these challenges. Help us um, to have the right answer for them. Help us to be bold um, in telling people about you. Uh, Help us to be forgiving to those people who challenge us as well, Lord. Help us to show God's love to you to them. Help us um, in moments where we feel like we are not worthy or we are not educated enough or we don't know the Bible enough. Help us in those moments to realize that we are your children, Lord, and that you still speak to us, no matter if we're old or young, um, male or female, whatever, Lord, you still speak to us and love us. I pray this in your mighty name. Amen.